minutes after 7 o'clock, it is uh, the Employment Hour, Wednesday night edition. We do Monday, we do Wednesday, the weekend shows. And if you haven't caught it as well, Employment Hour and 30, that happens on Global TV. Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. Dave Vaughn in the uh, the driver's chair tonight. The phone calls, of course, 416-870-6400. Star 640 on cell and one triple eight two two five talk That number is toll-free for you to call in, get some information, email help at employmenthour.com, and we will cover this in depth a little later on. That would be severancepaycalculator.com. Find out exactly what you're owed when it comes to your severance offer, whether you have one sitting in front of you and you're not sure or you're just thinking down the road. And you know what? If, if it ever came down the pike that I got the boot how much am i supposed to get we'll tell you exactly what that number is going to be so week that was is how we start every week dave how are you pal good how are you good man let's uh let's roll what do you got yes the uh, first one i want to talk about is a uh one we uh an issue we deal with uh, quite a bit on the show john and it's uh, a short service employee who's older and who has a uh, at a higher level uh right. in terms of their position and the offer they were given and uh, how that corresponds to their actual legal entitlements and in this case, my client had just over two years of service, uh, 58 years old at the time of termination, and a director level, so quite senior. And uh, at the time of termination, the uh, they were offered uh, two months severance pay. Wow! And uh, you know, when people look at that, they may say, "Oh, that you know, that's a month per year of service." Um, you know, mm-hmm. it seems reasonable. Uh, they weren't there that long, and that's exactly what the company's initial response was in, in terms of explaining the severance package to them. And uh, as we know, that is not a uh, sufficient severance package no. um, for someone at you know almost 60 years old at a high level uh, and a senior level within the, the company. And uh, you know we did uh, you know we contacted the company and uh, you know informed them and explained to them the law and uh, provided some case law uh, just to explain that uh, you know two two months is not nowhere near good enough. Um, and uh, we uh, were able to convince the company once they retained legal counsel. Uh, to resolve the case for six months worth of severance pay. Yeah, I was going to say, sounds about uh, you know thirty cents on the dollar. You know, and and the, sh- the short service people, um, the you know this type of person, there's cases that uh, are even more than six months sometimes, and uh, you know it's all over the place, but it's certainly not as low as two months or three months, and that's a, a popular misconception based on the old month per year service uh, formula. So uh, the uh, you know the important lesson here is. Um, you know, there's no simple formula for de- determining severance. You have to look at, you know, all the factors we talk about, age, position, the availability of similar work, uh, you know, the industry and how easy it is to get a new job in that industry and at, and that, at that level of compensation. So uh, these are factors we have to consider, and you can't just look at one factor like uh, like the service. Especially some of that age at that level of, uh, of of job. I mean, that's a that's a significant amount of coin. Another four months severance is huge for someone in that position, right? Because not easy to get a job at that level or that age, hence the reason for the enhanced severance, right? Yeah, that's right. And uh, severance pay, the purpose of it is to bridge the gap of unemployment. And uh, so, you know, with uh, this person, you know, is out on the street looking for work after only two years uh, of service, and might, people might say, oh, you can go get a job easily, but... It's not the case. Uh, there's only a limited number of these types of jobs. And, uh, you know, just to get, get the process going in terms of, you know, getting the resume back up, getting the cover letters ready, you know, speaking to contacts within, you know, maybe the industry or just, you know, uh, previous professional contacts, it takes time to build those relationships up again. And, you know, it can be a couple months before you even get interviews. Uh, so six months is not, um, you know, a stretch in terms of how long it'll take this individual to get a new job. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell and one triple eight two two five. talk to call in, get your questions asked, that is toll free. What else you got going on? 
Yeah, another one uh, I wanted to talk about was uh, a case with a long-service employee who's uh, 47 years old and 19 years of service, uh, account manager. And, um, you know, at the time of termination, the company offered this individual 12-month severance pay. And right off the bat, it's not that's not a bad offer um, for someone who's 47. Um, I mean, if you look at it from the uh, what we talk about, you know, the, the purpose of severance way to bridge the gap of unemployment, yep. they have a year to find a new job. Uh, they're they're in their forties, um, you know. They so you know that's not a bad offer. It could be better, uh, and uh, you know I, I think uh, this type of person would probably get um, more in the sixteen to eighteen month range. Right. Um, but uh, the twelve months wasn't terrible off the bat. But the problem with the offer, the the, the big problem was that there was no amounts um, paid for bonus, both earned in two thousand seventeen mm-hmm. and during that twelve month notice period. And this individual was let go right at the end of 2017. So basically there was a huge bonus that had been earned already during that year that they didn't get, nor did they get the additional bonus um, for the notice period. And bonus was about 30% of this person's uh, salary. Oh, so it was a huge, uh, you know, huge chunk of compensation there. And um, you know, that was a real big issue that we addressed. And we were able to increase the severance package by uh, several months, but also we got the company to acknowledge that uh, they did owe the you know the full compensation during the notice period and the accrued compensation, um, you know the accrued bonus earned during active employment, and we were able to get that that on the table and resolve it on on that basis. And you know this is a uh, an issue we see often, uh, John and you and I have talked about it quite a bit, is mm-hmm. where there's an offer out there and you know it's presented in months, but there's all these forms of compensation, whether it's bonus, car allowance, commissions. Uh, RSP contributions, benefits that aren't included, and so at the end of the day, it's really not a twelve-month offer, right? When you um, when you're dealing with somebody who's in a uh, sales position like that, and you're forecasting twelve months or sixteen, eighteen months severance ahead of time, do you have to average everything out? Average what the bonus would be based on other years? Average what the salary would be based on commissions over the last three or five years? Is that how you do it? Yeah, great question. And usually the the, the general, uh, you know principle is, is to average it out. And usually we look at three years. Uh, the last three years gives a good snapshot. Um, you know, some, there's some support for five years. Um, and, uh, you know, if, uh, if you're an employee and your last three years were better than your last five, you'll probably want to go with the three. Um, and, you know, maybe if the five years were better, you'd go with that. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, generally they'll look at an average. But um, the principle of, uh, of termination pay is you should be put in the same position had you not been terminated. Right. Uh, so, you know, for the next 12 months, let's say, what would I have earned had I continued working there? And so, you know, in, in the way that, uh, that the reason that's important is because if, you know, the bonuses or commissions kept going significantly up each year. Uh, you really shouldn't take a bonus, or sorry, an average uh, of the bonus, right. right? Because what you should take is, well, it kept going up, and this person was actually going to earn more this year if they stayed. Uh, so it's not fair to, to bring it down based on the previous three years. We should look at you know, what the person was on pace to earn that year or what they sh- would have earned had they continued working. Right. So if it, if it went up, say, 6 to 8% per year over the, over the previous four or five years, you average another 6 or 8% for the following year for the year of severance, right? That's right, yeah. yeah. And now, obviously, the counter-argument to that is you know, the company, you know, employers will always say, well, there's a reason we let them go is because the sales were going down. Um, right. So it, it should be based on, even though the, the last three years were good, his sales this year were bad. So it should actually be based on what, you know, this year's sales would have been. Um, and, and, you know, in that case, the, you know, the... The employees in there, you will know there's you know, opportunities taken away from me. Or, you know, there's usually two sides to the story. Uh, and it's all about coming to a resolution that's fair, you know, both 
based yep. on the the law, the legal principles, uh, and you know, in the eyes of the parties. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on cell lines are open. You got a comment or a question? Feel free to bring it on until around uh, ten to eight tonight uh, when we get back to on point with Alex Pearson. But we are here until that time. One triple eight two two five talk. That is toll free to call in and ask Dave any your uh, employment and job questions. Talking temporary layoffs. This one's a sticky one because people get this wrong all the time. So we're going to go through some bullet points. I know you want to expand on each one in between our calls. So I'll kick it off with a simple one. What is a temporary layoff? How does it different than say a regular termination of employment. Yeah, this is a, uh, a big one. And right now we're starting to see people, uh, you know, that have jobs that are busier in the summer starting to get called back from their temporary layoff. Right. Um, so that's, uh, you know, that I'm, I am seeing some of those happen where um, actually individuals are seeing, uh, you know, they usually get called back to work. Um, you know, people who are maybe in the, the landscaper and construction industry, yeah. and they're not. And, they, you know, I've, I've seen a couple recently where their employer actually says, actually, you know, we're not going to need you this year. Um, and so the, I'm dealing with those right now. But um, temporary layoff uh, occurs when the employer uh, tells the employee that you know they're not permanently ending the employment relationship, but you know for a temporary period of time, they're uh, they're not needed at work and they're not going to be paid. And uh, you know that is in most cases uh, a termination. So that is not uh, most employers um, vis-a-vis their employees do not have that right just terminate or sorry to lay off an employee and not pay them their wages um, that is a, a huge change uh, you know to the employment uh, the terms of employment and uh, is in most cases a termination see most people are going to be shocked at that if they haven't heard this show before saying wow it's, it's a layoff they're allowed to do that put you on ice for a while and if there's work when you come back we'll bring it back but no you're basically what, what the employer is saying is we're going to take your from full salary to zero salary yeah, and I always compare it to uh, constructive dismissal. We talk about uh, right. constructive dismissal on the show all the time, or at least frame it in that context where, um, you know, if someone makes a 20% reduction uh, in pay to their employee, I mean, I, I don't think uh, we'd have any problem tell- saying that's a constructive dismissal. Uh, yeah, right, huge, yeah. You know, they cut, they cut one day a week. Uh, basically, say you work Monday to Friday, they cut one of the days. That's a constructive dismissal. It's a 20% reduction in pay. That's significant um, reduction in pay. So in, a, in the case of a temporary layoff, that's a that's a hundred percent reduction in pay on a temporary <laughs> yeah. basis, right? So I always yeah. that that's how I uh, how I look at it, and um, you know the confusion I think comes up because under the Employment Standards Act, um, temporary layoffs are contemplated and they are allowed um, for up to thirteen weeks if the no benefits uh, are continued, and up to thirty five weeks if health benefits are continued, mm-hmm. and that's what the Employment Standards Act says. So some people think that employers just automatically allowed to do that, but that's not true. Um, the only way that a layoff in accordance with the Employment Standards Act is legal and is not a constructive dismissal is if uh, there's a history of layoffs, so there's an implied term okay. in the contract that layoffs are allowed, and that comes up uh, you know, if people are in uh, an industry and, and their employment relationship is subject to layoffs. So if you've been employed somewhere for 12 years and you know six times you've been laid off for uh, you know a number of months, uh, you can't turn around later and say, "Oh, I, I never agreed to layoffs." That's an implied term in the contract. It was, you know, you accepted them in the past. Um, the other one is if there's an express term in the contract. So there's actually a written clause in the employment agreement that says, "You know, we are able to lay you off in accordance with the Employment Standards Act." Those are the right. only two cases where an employee, an employer, is allowed to do that. 
Our lines are wide open. You have questions or comments about this or any other topic about uh, your job, your employment, your severance, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale, and one triple eight two two five. talk That number is toll-free. So if an employer does not lay an employee off, they're not allowed to, or if they do so, what is that employee to do? Yeah, it's a uh, great question, and uh, a lot of the times we'll speak to people who have been laid off. You know, they've been laid off for several weeks or several months, and they just start to, you know, they they hear about that, you know, from someone they should uh, deal with it. Um, and the best thing advice I can give you is to, um, you know, deal with it right away, uh, right when you're advised of a temporary layoff. Um, even if they tell you, you know, we're going to call you back soon, don't worry about it. Uh, give us a call because it's important to uh, let them know as quickly as possible that uh, you're not, you know, you don't agree to that and you don't accept that as a, a term of employment and that you're not right. going to allow them to lay you off because uh, the problem that you get into is if you are laid off uh, a couple times and then you, uh, and then they call you back to work, you've accepted that, right? You've so accepted once you set a precedent, then you're done. Yeah, right. That's right. Okay. You can't, you can't dispute it in the future. How often do you see it come across your desk temporary layoffs overall? Uh, I would say it's, you know, five percent of the cases I have um, are temporary layoffs and uh, you know you, you do really see it uh, more often at the the end of summer I'd say uh, or in the, into the fall in seasonal industries so you're talking roofers possibly you know guys doing driveways pool cleaners but a lot of those right. are the type of jobs where it's implied anyway right well it would be I mean and that is the, the you know the argument we get into is you know the company will say well no there's an implied uh, it's implied in the industry they're allowed to mm-hmm. do that and uh, but in, if you ha- you know sometimes that happens when the, the guy's been there for 12 years he's never been laid off before well, it doesn't matter if it's you know it happens in the industry right. generally he's never been laid off before so that's still a termination or a constructive termination We'll uh, take a short break. Got time for you to call in, give you uh, some time to, to grab your dialing finger, 416 870 star 640 on cell. There's also one 225 talk That number's toll-free, and we'll try to get to some emails. That is help at employmenthour.com. Just getting warmed up here the Employment Hour, Wednesday night edition. This is Global News Radio. And uh, plenty of time for you to call in until around 10 to 8 tonight on the Wednesday night edition of the Employment Hour, 416-870-6400, star 640. That is for your cell phone. There is also... One triple eight two two five. Talk that number, my friend, is toll free. We'll get to uh, first call of the night. Steve, hey, good evening. How are you, Steve? How are you doing? Good, sir. What's going on with you? Okay, I got a question for you. Um, mm-hmm. How long can an employer keep renewing contracts until you're actually deemed permanent? Brilliant question. Great question, and uh, a situation that doesn't come up a lot, but when it does, uh, you know, it's usually a uh, you know, there's a lot of issues at play. Um, so how long is your, uh, is this you or for a friend? Uh, it's for my spouse, actually. So I'll give you the scenario. It's yeah. been two years now. It's been uh, renewed year to year for two years. Now, this time around, uh, they're saying that they may renew it just for three months. Right, okay. No. So now, like, okay, well, the, I won't say who the employer is on the air, but uh, the full-time employees that work there are unionized. The part-time employees are not, they're, and she is deemed part-time. Got it. So I'm like, okay, well, what? Uh, how long is it? Because I've heard that if you're a contract or you're or whatever, you become a full time employee once you become your only source of income, or not, or a permanent employee. I mean, so is she an independent contractor, or is she treated as an employee? She's treated as an employee. She's got her. She's got a. She has to go to meetings as for requested. She's Did she get a T four? Do they take off taxes? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So she's an employee that's on contract. That's um, okay. Got it. And she, so she's now signed 
two of these two-year or one-year contracts? That's correct. She's on a third uh, third time around now, and they're saying that they may just uh, renew it for three months now. But yeah. I give reasons why yet. But uh, like I said, it, the full-time employees are unionized. The part-times are not. Okay. So the way, um, yeah, I mean, an, an employer can't avoid, um, you know, the, their obligations to an employee um, by just calling them, you know, a contract employee and, and having them on, you know, one-year consecutive contracts over and over again. Um, right. You know, eventually they're going to be just considered a permanent employee and have uh, rights, uh, you know, common law rights about severance pay where we look at the thing, everything we talk about, age, years of service, position. One contract is fine. Uh, you can put someone on a one-year contract and, and that's fine. Um, even a second one may be okay. But once you get into multiple um, contracts, like it sounds like your wife's getting to that point, or your spouse is getting to that point, yeah. um, it sounds like she's getting very close to be considered a permanent employee entitled to severance pay. Um, another important uh, issue is if there's ever a time where, let's say her contract is, you know, um, ends uh, at the end of March and she continues working past there and hasn't signed a new contract extending her, she becomes automatically becomes a permanent employee. Okay. Um, Don't sign the contract for her. Because this happened to her last year. They she went in, she was working, and when she submitted her pay, yeah, they wouldn't they wouldn't uh, pay her unless the manager signed the contract. Got it. Okay, but she had worked past the date, past yes. the. Exp- There's a very good chance um, that she is a permanent employee. Uh, I'd have to look at it, uh, the contract, just to be certain, obviously. But um, based on what you're telling me, um, you know, it sounds like there's about been about three contracts, and that she's actually continued to work past the, con- you know, the expiration of one of them at least. Yeah. Uh, that would be a permanent uh, employee, and she would have, you know, full se- rights towards severance pay um, okay. if she is let go. Right. Okay. But, so. Uh, for cause or no cause or whatever the problem may be, it doesn't matter what what it is, right? They can let you go if you're permanent or contract for whatever reason. It's just severance that you worry about, right? That's correct. So in this case, it sounds like what the issue would be is they may let you know they sign her up for a new three month contract. At the end of that, they may say, okay, it's your contract's done. We're not uh, we're not renewing it, and you don't get anything. Well, that's not true. Um, it sounds based on what you're telling me. It sounds like she would likely be entitled to severance pay based on those. You know, three years of service, um, her age and her position. So, um, and you know that I don't know her age and position, but um, it could be you know probably in the you know three to six month range. Right now, if the if she if they do not renew her contract and they replace her with someone else, does that become an issue? A company can let go, let someone go, or replace someone for whatever reason they want, unless it's discriminatory under the human rights legislation. Um, okay. But if that's not an issue, and you know you haven't given me any reason to think it is, no, um, no, they are allowed to do that. They just have to provide her with severance pay. Okay. Okay. So if this does come up, uh, if there's any issues with this, please uh, give us a call. Steve, that number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred again to get a hold of Dave Lior, the rest of the firm one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred and help at employmenthour.com. That's an excellent call. We'll uh, move on to uh, to Michael here. Hey, Michael, how are you? Hey, good, thanks. Uh, um, I have a, a situation that might be a breach of contract constructive dismissal. And the question I have is, if I, like, I'm a commissioned employee, I've been promised commissions uh, for time uh, docketed on work previously. If I'm dismissed or, or quit due to the breach, am I entitled to any of that past, uh, work. So you have accrued wages, is it? No, it, it's it's basically like settling personal injury matters. 
Yep. So if, there, if there's time docketed on work and promises made to be um, to pay out uh, other matters, once you've left, is is there any way to to recoup that those uh, the, those those settled matters after the fact? So from what I understand is they haven't settled yet, but they will settle after. Yeah, they'll they'll eventually settle. Right. It's kind of a, it's not clearly defined, but. There is uh, promises uh, to pay uh, based on uh, time spent on matters. So, got it. But, it. but it's not earned as of yet. Right. So you've you've worked worked on you've done work, um, but we you haven't collected yet. And the idea is you're going to get um, a certain amount of pay from that settlement based on your time spent, only if only if and once you collect that. Once it's once the matter's settled. So the question is, if I, if you're not, if you're no longer employed there, you wouldn't know when the matter was settled as well. Right. In that case, it it would depend on on your contract and and the whatever the agreement is. Yeah, there wouldn't oh. be just an inherent inherent right to it. I mean, um, you know, based it would depend on the contract because in that case, you know, people would uh, commission employees would have um, you know years worth of uh, pay coming to them uh, potentially, right? Right. So it would depend on the agreement. I mean, it does sound like you do have some type of a, a promise, and uh, I, I it doesn't sound like you've been let go yet. So one of the ways to um, you know to try to preserve that uh, some of that compensation would be to write an email um, to the company to your manager, uh, just outlining your understanding of you know the the, the deal and see what the uh, what they come back at. Okay, sounds good. Thanks. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks, Mike. Always in writing, eh? That's key. Always in writing when you're dealing with your company. Get everything in writing, emails back and forth, right? So Yeah, you... and in this case, it doesn't sound like the initial deal is in right. writing. Um, yep. So, But the, you, the, you can, you know, you can improve your, your chances of getting that or at least collecting some of that by at least writing an email and saying, well, this is my understanding right now. What are your mm-hmm. views on this? And, and seeing what they say. Plenty of time to call in still to run 10 to 8, uh, 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell, one 225 talk That number is toll-free. Steve, thanks for uh, for calling in, pal. How are you? Hi, how you doing? Good, sir. What's going on? Uh, I have a question for you. I understand uh, the severance for the amount of time you've worked. Um, I have a question. Let's say a guy was entitled to 18-month severance. Mm-hmm. We settled with the company, and now they're, they're going to – I don't know, pay me weekly or monthly, whatever, until it's over. I understand if I find a job, then that's all out the window, right? Not all of it. But... Well, depend. So, do you have a settlement already? No. Oh, okay. Uh, my question is, what if uh, three weeks after I was fired or I, I got let go with severance, I decided to open my own company? Right. Well, I, I mean... For the 18 months or what? So, the initial... Uh... Let's say I think you said eighteen months, right? Is what you your entitlement would be. Now that is subject to mitigation, and what that means is, if you went to court, any income you earn during that eighteen months is deducted from what they owe you, other than your ESA entitlements. Okay, so if you got a job, um, you know, the next day making this exact same amount of money, all you'd get is your ESA entitlements, which in this case, if you have, let's say you have 18 years of service, would be about 26 weeks if it's a big company, okay? Okay, so then if, if I open my own business and I started making money during that 18 months, we'll say it would get deducted. 
It would, yeah. Um, the, the money you earn would get deducted. Now, if you get a, you know, if you resolve the matter before you get a new job and the deal is just a lump sum payment that is not subject to a clawback or a reduction based on your new job, then you know, I mean, that's the deal that was bargained, and you don't, ha- you won't have to pay it back. Right. Okay. So, in the same effect, are you saying if this company I opened lost business? They would owe me more money? <laughs> no. That, that, that's a, <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> okay, I, I understand completely what you're saying. Yeah, no, that, oh, is, yeah. that is a good uh, good question. But no, you, they wouldn't be on the hook for uh, for your losses. Uh, that'd be a, a great way to increase your severance is you just invest a lot of money into a company and then say that you've uh, you know lost a lot of money. All right. Thank you very much. Yeah, have a good one. Steve, is Intel still around? I'd like to invest some money into that. Appreciate that, Steve. Moving forward, you need the number 1-855-821-5900 is the place to go. Uh, Mike, good evening. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, brother. What's uh, what's going on? Okay, so um, I've been with an agency that's a not-for-profit agency that works with adults with disabilities, and um, I've been there for over 10 years. I've made it to... Um, a behavior therapist level, so I'm a level above the front line, my responsibility is to train them and guide them and mm-hmm. um, develop support procedures and things. So they have these target um, pays for different roles, and um, this has been going on for some time now, and now they've, they've, um, they've basically, uh, the front line's target pay has actually exceeded my, currently, my current rate of pay. And I'm just wondering if there's any recourse or action that um, I can take to... Uh, rectify that are you in the union mike no no No. um it's the agency's funded by the lynn okay um unfortunately because people you know in a different department or in your department or people with different jobs get raises um you're not you can't you know demand a raise um so there's no you know legal entitlement to that um what you can do is obviously speak to your employer uh about that and you know highlight that um, that issue that you're having, because obviously, you know, if they are giving raises to, to certain people who, you know, and yours isn't keeping pace, that that could be an issue, and uh, you, know, you, you need to negotiate that. But there's no legal entitlement to give um, someone a raise. Okay, so it's just basically has to be kind of between me and the agency then. Correct. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Mike. Any uh, other issues moving forward? Help at employmenthour.com. There's always 1-855-821-5900. And if you haven't checked it out, severancepaycalculator.com as well. We've got uh, Lawrence on the line. Hey, Lawrence, good evening. Good evening, guys. What's going I on? Want, I wanted to go a little deeper on something. I listen to the show a lot. I've, I've learned a lot. Beautiful. Um, but I always hear you talk about when there's a contract, you're entitled to severance or you're entitled to more. And I'm, I'm wondering why. If I negotiate a contract and I know it's going to be up in a year, can I? Where's like the, the I guess the legal part that says I'm now entitled to turn around? Because you, I like tonight you said to a guy, uh, I think we're talking about his wife. She'd been there for three years. If the contract's not up, she's probably in, entitled to three to six months severance. Yep. Well, if she had a three-year contract and she knew it. Why would she then turn around, be able to turn around and then get severance? That's a great question. And the uh, what the courts have said is there's an inherent power imbalance between most employers and employees. Okay, and the because of that they need to protect employees. So they're not going to allow employers to essentially take advantage of that power imbalance and take away an employee's rights um, under the Employment Standards Act or the common law um, by you know by having them sign something. 
um, so because if most people that a, if this person was a straight up employee, no contract, to just I'm an employee under the ESA, they would be entitled to severance. So that's correct. Is, are they, they just mm-hmm. they, they try level the playing field. Otherwise, everybody in the province would be a contract employee. Yeah, 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 nobody had to pay severance, exactly. Right. And another way to think about it too, Lawrence, is um, you know, independent contractors, a true independent contractor, um, you know, who works for um, you know, a number of different companies, isn't doesn't have rights that an employee has. So they're not they're not governed by the Employment Standards Act. They're not owed any severance pay, okay? What employers could do um, to avoid having to pay any severance pay uh, to to their employees is just call everyone an independent contractor. But the okay. and then no one would have any rights. So all the rights, you know, established by the Employment Standards Act, all the rights um, that have uh, you know, ac- you know, accumulated through common law in, in terms of uh, employee rights um, would be gone by just the employer simply say, having someone sign something when they need a job uh, to say that they are an independent contractor. So the courts have obviously prevented that from happening. And the example you've given, um, you know, consecutive contracts. So every year you have a person, you could just have someone sign a new contract. So you could have a, you know, someone works there for 20 years and, you know, under the uh, common law, they'd probably be you know, entitled to somewhere, you know, depending on their age and position, 18 to, you know, 24 months worth of severance pay. But if you just have them sign a contract every year, they'd, ha- they'd get nothing at the end of it. Now, would that change something? Like I'm in construction. I know sometimes the construction's a little bit odd. There's a few different rules under the say ESA, but... With that whole contract thing, I'm, I'm also just thinking, for example, artists. Let's say you're an actor. Like, you're on a contract to do a certain piece of, uh, you're on a TV show or whatever. Like, yeah, but they're, they're generally on ACTRA or SAG. They're unionized. That's different, right? Yeah, okay. So I was just wondering if there, were any, if there were any variables for that where, if you're on contract. But I guess it's kind of, you know, that's the, that's the volcano issue. That's like 1% of the people working. Right. And, and like, whatever, you know, the, the point, too, is, Lawrence, that, one contract, like I said, is okay. So if you sign someone to a three-year contract, that's they're not going to be allowed to turn around later and say, I wasn't on a contract, I was, I'm an indefinite term employee. It's when you have consecutive contracts where it becomes obvious that the entire purpose of this is just to get around the, the employee's you know, severance yeah. rights. Um, so they, they will enforce a contract if, if it's done, you know, if they'll look at it and they'll say whether it's genuinely, you know, a, a one year, you know, a, a one term contract. And that's, there's no problems with that. It's, I mean, I, one of the, the big cases was, I think there was eight, eight or 10 of them. And so this, um, individual worked at this company for, you know, almost a decade. And then at the end of it, they just said, oh, your one year contract's up. We're not giving you ever any severance pay. No. And, <laughs> You know, she's put in a terrible position because yeah. she assumed, based on everything that had happened, that every year she was going to get this new contract, and then all of a sudden she's out of a job. She, you know, she has her mortgage payments and everything that um, she can't make because um, you know she relied on this and she thought she was an indefinite term employee. What about large companies? My wife works for one of the big financial institutions, and they have a lot of contract people. And sometimes they'll have a contract in one department. It'll land them a move to a different division or department within the company. It's the same overall company, but it's mm-hmm. a different job. It's a different. Would that change things for them? Or if you did three or four of those, would you then still be considered, like you said, a, a consecutive or a serial contract? Yeah, you'd be. You would likely be considered an indefinite term employee. And you know, I can't speak obviously to that exact company or that situation, but. Many of those larger, uh, you know, financial institutions, what well, they will, they they do have 
you know, contracts in terms of the placement. So they'll say, yo, for the next eight months, you're in this department. And then after that, you go to a different department, you sign a new contract every time. But they don't even try to get out of the um, severance pay obligations. They, they usually acknowledge that the person is an indefinite term employee. It's just their assignment within the company right. is, is different. Right. But in most of those cases, um, they're not trying to avoid severance pay. Oh, okay. Well, fantastic. Well, thank you, because I've always had that little question in the back of my head. No, it's a great How question. Contract? You know, How am I entitled? It comes up, uh, exactly. you know, and you're a construction employee, right? Yes. So, I mean, you don't have, uh, the Employment Standards Act doesn't govern your employment. So, in that case, that you wouldn't get into the issue where you don't have ESA entitlements if you work on if you're a construction worker. You're, but you do have common law. You have common law entitlements. Right. You still get severance. Yeah, but most what, construction people don't think that. Right. So a lot of uh, you know construction. Uh, you know, a lot of your colleagues, the ones who don't listen to the show, would probably think, well, "I'm a construction worker. I don't get severance pay if I'm let go." That's not true. Um, you would get it. You get severance pay under the common law, even though you don't have entitlements under the Employment Standards Act. Oh, okay. Cool. I mean, it's never, it's never been an issue for me. Yeah, hopefully so it's, it's not. Been. Yeah, hopefully it's not, right? Yeah, but I want to let you know exactly. just in case. Knock on wood, but if you know, if I ever have to call you for real, I know where to go. Yeah, you know where to go. Good call. Thanks, Lawrence. The number is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. He probably knows that already. Or help at employmenthour dot com. Still got uh, about four or five minutes. You want to call in, ask a question? Feel free to do so. In the meantime, talking temporary layoffs. It's a big topic. People are on them. People are off them. They're not sure if they're allowed. So, how much severance does an employee that has been laid off temporarily, how much are they entitled to? Yeah, it's the exact same as if it's right. a regular termination. Uh, it's a termination of employment, uh, and uh, you know, you're know you paid severance pay based on your age, length of service, position, uh, and the availability of similar work. And uh, actually, one of the uh, issues that comes up sometimes with uh, temporary layoffs is um, if you're laid off uh, in, because your, your company or your industry is struggling financially, Mm-hmm. Um, or that you know, there's not a lot of a uh, lot of lot of jobs out there. There's not a lot of work uh, that can actually increase the severance pay you're owed. Uh, so we go beyond the age, years of service, and position. And we start looking at um, you know the availability of similar work within sure. that industry. So you know, if a company lays off you know a big chunk of their workforce um, because they're struggling financially, or there's no work. Well, that's going to just uh, you know support. It's going to make it tough to find work because you're competing with these people who have similar skill sets to you and experiences. Right. And you know if you know company X is struggling, well, the competitor is probably struggling too, um, or, or maybe so. Uh, that can actually uh, result in a, an increased severance package uh, in those circumstances. Get to an email again. It's help at employmenthour.com. You're going down to our last uh, last couple of minutes. Uh, Melania says, after I was let go, I signed my termination paperwork. Without speaking to a lawyer, because I was very emotional and under a lot of stress, I think my severance offer was not good. Is there anything I can do about it? That is a very tough situation to be in. Yeah. I've uh, dealt with that uh, several times over the years. And, um, you know, obviously it's not an ideal situation because generally when you sign the termination uh, paperwork, you're accepting it, you're, sent, you're, you're giving a release, which means you can't go after the uh, employer. Um, but I would tell uh, Melania to uh, give us a call because... It's possible that if they, you know, they didn't pay you your Employment Standards Act minimums, um, that there could be an issue there, and they may right. not actually be able to enforce uh, the severance, pa- uh, the, you know, the package they gave you. And I had that happen once before, where they actually had the the employee sign um, and threaten to withhold her minimum entitlements under the Employment Standards Act unless she signed the release. Well, she was scared, so she signed it, and they paid her those minimum entitlements. And you're not allowed to do that because the employee has to be given the the minimum ESA entitlements regardless of whether they sign the release. 
Um, so and how no about if you're and how about if yeah. your employer's like you need to sign this right now before you walk out the door? You yeah, ain't going anywhere till you sign. Yeah, that'll be another issue too, and that's yeah. uh, you know whether it's duress or unconscionability. Um, you know, you as an employer, you should definitely give the employee you know some time um, to to, to right. think about that and to get the advice they need. And uh, I usually recommend a week before they wrap it up. Call yeah, Dave. Just, just so call you're not Dave. in that issue, right? Yeah, yeah. But for they'll sure. try to pre- you know employers will try to pressure you, so it's important to you know stay calm and uh, don't sign anything without uh, getting it reviewed. And that number to call, by the way, as we wrap for another evening is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Dave, I know they can get a hold of you, Lior, another member of the team at the firm calling that number. Help at employmenthour.com. If you haven't used it before, it's a wonderful tool. We'll tell you exactly how much severance you are owed. Simple three pieces of information, age, length of employment, and position. And there's a, a number at the bottom will come out. You'll be surprised by it, but it is a correct number and it is accurate. You want to follow up at that point. There is a contact button at the bottom. If not, shut it down. You walk away anonymous. Either way, it's a great tool. SeverancePayCalculator.com and help at EmploymentHour.com through email. Till next time, and of course, the TV show happens Saturday mornings on Global TV, Employment Hour in 30, Saturday, 10 a.m. You'll catch us there as well. Till next time, this has been the Employment Hour coming up on Point with Alex Pearson right here, Global News Radio.